This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey guys, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. Time for the leftovers edition on my game last week, Detroit at Chicago. Unbelievable game. There's so many things and so many interesting kind of uh, angles to this game. And uh, what's going on in both those cities yeah. right now? Myself, Mark Schlereth, alongside Mike Evans. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Uh, yeah, this is. these are two fascinating teams. And the fact that you had a chance to call not only the fact that they played so close to each mm-hmm. other, but that you did both games, one in Detroit, one in Chicago. So you're really well-equipped to talk about both of these teams. I, 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 I guess curious for me, Detroit is – are we seeing signs of leakage Right. Are they are they taking on water right now? Well, you think about you think about Detroit. Okay, so in their first six games, Mike, defensively for Detroit, eighteen point eight points per game, two hundred eighty five point eight yards per game yardage wise, uh, run game yardage in their first six games, sixty four point seven run yards per game, sacks two point five sacks per game. So they were getting to the quarterback. And uh, red zone, they were at uh, at fifty seven point nine. So they stopped them from scoring touchdowns 58 percent of the time. In their last six games going into this game, which would have been their last seven, but last six games going into this game, twenty eight point eight points per game, over ten points per game more, or ten points per game more, three hundred fifty nine yards per game given up. Their rushing totals, they went from 64.7 in the first six weeks to 121.5 yards per game rushing, given up. Only 1.7 sacks per game going forward. So they've almost minus almost a, a full sack of getting to the quarterback. And then red zone scoring on them when they get in the red zone, giving it up at 85% clip in the red zone. So this is a defense that is leaking oil. And that is struggling. And honestly, when you look at them, they lost their best interior guy. He went on IR in Aleem McNeil. Great player. Really good player. But their number one dude that you have to contend with on the defensive side of the ball is Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. 
And I'll just tell you from experience as an offense, when you only have one war daddy, you can take care of that war daddy. Like that dude will take him out of the game. Well, how do we do that? We slide protection to him. We double team him. We keep a tight end over there. So he's got to work through the tight end. Then he's got to work through the tackle. Uh, we'll chip him with a back. Um, we'll we'll run away from him or we'll run to him, depending on who he is, right? So all of a sudden, instead of double teaming him with a tackle tight end, for instance, we'll play weak side and we'll slip our tackle up to the safety and we'll load him with a fullback. So we'll give him five different looks that you're like, like, who's going to block me next, right? And there's a frustration level that you can see boil over for a player like that. Beyond that, they've got good players. Alex Anzalone is playing really well at the linebacker position. I think Brian Branch is a really good player. They're nickel, they're nickel cornerback. But the bottom line of their nickel corner, um, the bottom line is there's one dude that you have to contend with when you're contending with the, the Detroit Lions, and that's, that's the guy. So if you take him out of the game, if you make him render him, you know, ineffective, you got a chance to be really good. So I'm sure you had a conversation with Dan Campbell about that. What was that conversation? Yeah, you know, like I about mean, I mean, what's, the, what's his plan for this defense? The, the, conver- the conversation is, man, we've got to have better rotation. We're trying to get better rotation so we have fresher players. Mm-hmm. So more more players are playing on their defensive line right now than they have played in the past. So they're getting a better rotation in that regard. And then the other thing is, we're going to have to create pressure. And how do you create pressure? Well, you got to be good at blitzing, right? So now all of a sudden it's, hey, man, you may be my best nickel corner, my best cover guy, but Brian Branch, you're also one of my best blitzers, so we're going to have to bring you on a more consistent basis. Maybe it's all of a sudden we're going to bring our corners a little bit more. One thing about Dan Campbell and his football team, they've taken on the personality of Dan Campbell. So they're going to play hard. They're going to be reckless when it comes to the way they play. And you can always tell the toughness of a football team by the way their corners tackle, the way they hit people. And one thing that Justin Fields said to me was like, hey, listen, um, I watch them on film. I can see their culture is great. And you're like, you think to yourself, like for those who don't watch a lot of film, like how could you how could you look at a, just tape of another team and go, I think their culture is great? It's because their corners hit you and they tackle and they fly around with unrelenting pressure and effort. And when you see a team that plays with that kind of effort, regardless of what the score is, you're sitting there going, they're well coached and and they believe in what they're doing. But I think there is, you know, a talent, like a, a, a talent discrepancy. And it's not major, but it's there. So I'm looking at Detroit defensively coming out of their bye. They've given up 38, 26, 29, 28, 28 points. Is is your message to Lion fan right now that if this is going to improve, it it likely isn't going to come from improved player performance. It needs to be better coaching. Maybe they, they have uh, to scheme their way out of this because, like you just said, maybe the talent no deficiencies uh, okay. are showing up. Uh, uh, okay, so this is this is my fix for Detroit. Okay, how do you fix it? Offensively, you're going to have to be outstanding. Even better offensively. Okay, you're going to have to you're going to have to compile points. You can't turn the ball over in the last three or four weeks, man. They've turned the ball over at an alarming clip. You can't turn the ball over. The only the only game they didn't turn the ball over at, at a, a large clip was the New Orleans game. They had zero turnovers, and they won that game. and And New Orleans came back and made that thing tight. You know, they got a couple of 
short fields. They turned the ball over on, on New Orleans a couple of times, got a couple of short fields and like we're up twenty one nothing right off the bat and ended up, you know, winning a very tight game there. But um I would tell you that offensively, they're gonna have to dominate time of possession. They're gonna have to continue to run the ball exceptionally well. They cannot turn the ball over and they've got to execute. They've got to execute um throwing the football. And they have been exceptional. They have just, like I said, they have stopped themselves in drives with poor decisions and poor performance um, from some of their big-time players who normally play really well. Last week, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's one of the great players in this league, he really is, that guy's a tone setter, he dropped two or three balls that you're just like, what's he? What's going on there? That's not who he is. And that's one thing about going forward with Detroit you have one of those games, It's sometimes it's one of those soul-searching opportunities for you as a football team to go, hey, guys, like we are just good enough to get our ass kicked if we play this way. Right. That's where we are right now. And um, I've been there. You know, I've had those team meetings. I've, I've been there where we're like, hey, man, this was a great wake-up call. Like You can look at this any way you want to look at it. Um, and you can say, oh, you know, we we made some drops or we made some whatever, and you could go, oh, you can you can wash it away and go, hey, we're better than that, you know, da da da. But the bottom line is, you got to take responsibility for your actions and, and what's going on, and you've got to look at that and say, we can get beat by anybody in the National Football League if we play lackadaisical, if we play without attention to detail, if we play the way we played against Chicago, we'll get our ass whipped by Denver, and that's a fact. So you're not talented enough as a football team on either side of the ball to go through the motions. And I don't believe they will because I think Dan Campbell's a hell of a football coach. So if if Dallas, in no particular order, Dallas, Philadelphia, and San Francisco are all in that, that top NFC tier, mm-hmm. do you see the potential for Detroit being in that tier with them, or are they simply maybe the best team in the next tier down? I think them and Philadelphia – are the best teams in the next tier down. Ooh, it's a two team top tier then. Yeah, two team top tier. Okay. Yeah. I don't think Phil I don't what the way Philly's playing right now, they're not they don't deserve to be in that top tier. They got throttled by hmm. San Francisco. They got throttled by Dallas. They're good enough to get throttled by Seattle this weekend. So yeah, they're they're not there for me right now. There's a two top there's two top teams in the in the national football in the NFC. Final thought for for Lion fan watching. Uh, uh your message to Lion fan about where their concern level should be for this team right now. Let's say one to ten. Ten being push the panic button. Um, I'd say a four. Oh, okay. I'd say a four. Because again, I don't think you're gonna really fix the defense. Right. I think what fixes the defense is not being on the field so much and the offense being exceptional. And they're and, capable. And one, Yeah, they're capable. I mean, I think Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end, is as good as gets. I think the two-back system they have with Gibbs and Montgomery are as good as it gets. I mean, those guys are phenomenal. I think that um, I think that Amon Ross St. Brown is, is not a good player, but he's a great player. And I think Jared Goff is – I think Jared Goff is one of the most underrated guys in football. Like – I'm telling you, study film on Jared Goff, Mike. Like, this is the difference between college and, and, and professional football. What is considered completely covered in college is wide open in the National Football League. And when I watch Jared Goff, some of the windows that that dude throws the ball into, I mean, you want to talk about 
Globo Jim, I'm better than you, and I know it. <laughs> like, there are throws he made. He's like, what? No, 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 no. Oh, wow. That yeah, was a great yeah. throw, right? No, 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 no. Yes. Yes. Yeah, great. I mean, and, and ball placement. And one of the things I said on the broadcast was communicating defensive leverage to the receiver by where you put the ball, ball placement. And he he does as well as anybody. Now, he's turned the ball over a couple of times. Well, he's got to clean that up. And they had a, a you know, a, a snap issue. But, that, you know, will you bring in somebody other so, somebody other than your starting center to play for you, you know, the, that's going to be that's going to be occasionally an issue. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, Chicago, it's not only the biggest question surrounding the Bears for, for Chicago fans, but it's it's quite honestly one of the more fascinating questions out there for just NFL fans. Yeah. You've had a chance to watch Justin Fields the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with him? And if you're Chicago, do you keep riding with Justin Fields? Or do you take that likely number one overall pick and use a use it on a different quarterback? So I think it's a really I think it's a really interesting question. And I think it has a lot to do with what you have accomplished and what you've, you know, what you've created. So let's look at it from from this standpoint. They traded with Carolina. So the Carolina get the number one pick last year. They took Bryce Young, and in that trade, they got DJ Moore, who is doesn't matter who his quarterback is, whether he's with Carolina or with Chicago, he's getting 80 plus catches and a thousand plus yards. And going into that game the other day, he had 70 catches for 1,003 yards. And he had a big-time performance in that game. I think he had six receptions, um, over 100 yards receiving in that particular game. But they traded that, so they got D.J. Moore, and they got this year's first-rounder, right? And they also got a second-rounder this year. Then they also got a 2024 first-rounder and a 2025 second-rounder. So that's what they've accumulated, right? And they haven't had to pay a quarterback a big-time money. Like, they haven't had to drop a ton of money. So they're going to have to make that decision on Justin Fields, whether they're going to drop that money on Justin Fields. Or are they going to draft a quarterback that they can pan out for the next four years and continue to do what they did with the trade they made for Montez Sweat, right? They handed him $98 million. They're going to have to pay DJ Moore at some point. They're going to, like, So I think these are the things you start to think about if you're operating that franchise. And as I've gone through this thing and, and done the machinations in my head of, of what I would do, what I think I would do, and based upon the way that Justin Fields plays, is that style of offense sustainable? He took a shot in that game that I called that I thought he got his head torn off. Like, it, he almost decapitated. I, and I was, like, his toughness, there's no question in his toughness because he popped up from it, and I was like, holy Moses. Like, that dude is tough. But that's not sustainable. 
He missed four games this year, five games this year. He dislocated his thumb running around. And when I watch him, it's the anticipatory throws. It's throwing guys open. It's throwing it into windows that are going to come open. Like many young quarterbacks, that he does not have that skill set. It has not developed. And my question would be, well, when will it develop? What's your experience based on? My experience is if you don't have it, you don't, it, you don't have it, it. You just don't have it. Um, and obviously, you can always get better. And obviously, there are some stories, some outliers where guys developed it over time. We always talk about Rich Gannon. But Rich Gannon would be on this podcast right now. I played with him in Washington. He would tell you, I was horrible early in my career. Horrible. You know, and he developed. And so, can it be done? Absolutely. But how much time do you have based upon the style with which you play? So, my my answer to you would be that I believe they're going to move on from Justin Fields. I don't have any inside info. I just believe they're going to move on. They're going to draft themselves a quarterback. They're going to continue to use that money that they've saved with the quarterback position to bolster their roster. And defensively, man, they're really good. And I like Eberflus a lot. I do. Um, I'm not so sure that they get rid of Eberflus. Everybody thinks he's gone. They've won back-to-back games. The first two times, the first two games, the first time he's ever won back-to-back games, first time he's ever beaten division opponents. Minnesota was his first division win, then Detroit being his second division win. And Matt Eberflus told me this. He goes, I feel kind of like we're right where Detroit was a year ago. Remember Detroit started 1-6 and and ended up winning a bunch of games in a row? He goes, I feel like our team is right there. And when you talk to the players, man, they like Matt Eberflus. So, five and five and four in their last nine games after an 0-4 yeah. start. So they're they've kind of settled things down. And they're, you like the roster building that's going on there. I I do. I yeah. do. And I actually really like Justin Fields. But I, I just keep looking at the way they have the way they play. And I'm like, with him running the ball and him doing all those things, I'm like, I don't think that you can last long term and keep your window open playing that style of football. I just don't. And you get the added benefit of restarting that financial clock with a new quarterback, Correct. a rookie deal, and you you buy yourself another three, four years right. of being able to just continue to build your football. Yeah, you, and then you start looking at um, at guys, you know, like uh, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson is a fourth-year cornerback that is as good as it gets. And that guy is great in – like, he's great in zone. He's a good, sticky, man-to-man cover guy. I like Kyler Gordon. They call him Spider-Man. Spidey can, I mean, that dude at the nickelback position can flat-out play. Like, so you've got to make some decisions on some players that you have. But I think you have a young, talented roster. I really do. And I think you've got a chance to be competitive. And, you know, again, it's just a, it's just a matter of, the direction you choose. And the biggest thing about Justin for me is I don't think the style with which you play is sustainable. Do I think you can win playing that way? Yep. I think it's been proven, but do I think you can win a championship playing that way? I don't think so. That's just my opinion, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't think you're going to long-term going to be able to string together a championship run playing that style of football. I have a feeling the bears, Agree with you. I do too, but I don't know. Like I, I really, I really don't know. Um, but I would say, based upon all the inventory of draft picks that you have, 
and the fact that you're not going to have to pay any of those guys for the next three or four years, mm -hmm. and you can pay other players to come in and and be part of this rebuilding program, I, that's just the my gut feeling says that that's the direction we're going to go. But overall, you like the direction the Chicago franchise is going. I like the fact that Cole Komet, their their tight end, is is a, I think he's a big time player. I love DJ Moore. I think I think Mooney could be become a big time player. I think they've got a young offensive line, but they're you know they're they're getting better. Um, yeah, I I do like the direction they're going. That's a good place to start. Right. Or in this case, a good place to finish. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. Hey, for everybody involved in the Stink Truth Podcast, the Leftovers Podcast, we thank you guys so much for listening. For Mike, I am Mark. Uh, we'll be back with you next week because I got a barn burner this weekend. Woo! Woo. Uh, Woo. Atlanta at Carolina. Woo. I know you guys are going to be lined up. Oh. I mean, we may break the internet. We may break YouTube. Throw out the records when these two get together. That's right. Please. Yeah. <laughs> All right, for everybody involved in the Seekers Podcast, we, we thank you guys so much. <laughs>